Behind home plate, we bringing it to him all day. All day. Yo, what's up? Welcome to Birdland. Birdland. Win or lose, we bringing it to you always. Always. Yo, what's up? Welcome to Birdland. Orange or black, we rebuild the pack. No matter where we at, you know we coming back. Section 336, we on this, so tune in. Tune in. You know what's up? Welcome to Birdland. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, Baltimore sports fans of all ages, welcome to Section 336, Next Generation of Baltimore Sports Talk. I'm your endearingly stuttering host, Matt Soroka. As always, I'm joined by the button lover, Josh Soroka. There we go. That works a whole lot better when you can hear the music. Got that figured out. Uh, Yeah. And I think my voice was all screwed up in last week's episode. Because of the audio recording, and I found a, a switch that was hit that caused you to not hear the music and my voice to sound horrible on the podcast. So I think we're all mm. good now. Mm, the old missing switch hit. Um, I, I usually blame it on something being unplugged or pl- uh, turn turn it off and plug it back in. No, it came down yeah. to uh, there's some other uh, there's some new Baltimore sports podcasts that are just starting out uh, over at Baltimore Sports and Life. And I've been okay. helping them out. Uh, the Warehouse, uh, The Verge, Baltimore Sports Tonight, The Bank. There's a whole bunch of podcasts they just rolled out. And I've been helping all of them and working on production with all of them. And I hit a switch for some noise canceling to help one of them because mm. they were doing a show without headphones. And then that then caused my voice to sound bad because we don't need noise canceling. Okay. Well, I mean, I don't mind you moonlighting for other podcasts. But when it starts to affect the quality of my show, mm-hmm. I got to draw the line there. Oh, trust me, it bugs me too. So it's all corrected now. All right. Well, the, yeah, I know it bothers you more than it does anybody. Yep. The, but the, it's good. I, I like the competition because it's cool to be the best Baltimore Orioles podcast out of like five podcasts. But when you're the best out of like 20 podcasts, that's even right. cooler. So I, that's I like, cool. yeah. You know what? No matter what happens, we've seen this before. Podcasts come and go. Doesn't matter how big of a name is on it, they come and go, and uh, Section 336 and Bird's Eye View stick around. Yeah, that sounds about right. So, so you're, you're, uh, so we welcome you, uh, you new podcasts. Um, I hope you stick around for a few months. Yeah, we're going to have Good. someone on from The Verge on here with us in a few weeks. Why? Because they focus on the minor leagues and okay. guys that we need to look forward to coming. And guys that okay. we're not always so I'd like I'd like to get them on down the road with some uh, views on the minor league in the farm system. Okay, I got a couple of young players that could be on the order that should be on the Orioles this year that I'm not buying the hype at all, and I got a couple who I'm really pumped about. So maybe we can get to that late. Yeah, we'll get to that. We, I, I believe that fits into our show notes. Yeah, the, you know the the uh, the Orioles are playing right now as we speak. Of course, we can't watch it on Masson because I don't know why, but we can't. Right, I know. Well, I, can you explain this to me? Last year, I could at least listen to every single Oriole preseason game. Yeah, Steve Molesky yeah. did it on his laptop. Yeah, now it's not he, hard. Right. Now it's not that way. Now, like, he'll do some. 105.7 will do some. And then some games, no one will broadcast them. Josh, I'm telling it. you, if this happens next year, let's run a Kickstarter for you to just drive down there with your little iPod and 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 just do all the games from the stands. I would listen to that as opposed to Nothing. my ESPN app. Come right, on right, 
Well, that's what I'm saying. Compared to nothing, I yeah. think that falls under that, like, no broadcast or presenting the game or whatever. Yeah, I don't think you can do that without. We'll, we'll, we'll go on the dark web. Or I guess I could give the play-by-play of everything else that's going on in the stadium besides the baseball game. Yeah, and or just like, yeah, and we could just listen for the crack of the bat. Right. And right. you could like you could, like you could like drop hints. They could be like code. Yeah, like oh, the crowd's looking down the first base line as a player yeah. swung at the ball. The crowd's now looking to the right hand side. Now they're looking to yeah. the left hand side. Everyone's standing up and cheering. And maybe like drop some hints for players' name. Like I'm I'm really thirsty for some orange crush right, right. now. Exactly. To, exactly. to drop a hint of what's going on. Yep. Every <laughs> exactly. Hayes for horses or whatever, but all Everyone's the Austin looking Hayes far. reference, whatever. Right. They think there might be a ball going far. I can't tell you if there actually is one, but everyone's cheering as if a home run was just hit. Yeah. Yeah. See, so, so there's there's ways there's wiggle room here. <laughs> wiggle room around there's it. There's wiggle room here. You know. That. Yeah. And you know what? I don't really care about Orioles PR right now because all they do is toy with me. Mm, so, so they giving you the runaround, Josh. <laughs> Uh, I mean, giving you the old runaround. I'm three hours away from Ed Smith Stadium. It yeah. sure would be nice to drive over there and uh, do an interview. Our boy Stan Charles and other reporters are flying all the way to, from from Maryland. Exactly. Get, get, getting on an airplane, which I, I now call risking their lives to yep. come to Florida. And, and you can just hop in the car by yourself and not risk your life. Uh, and cover the Orioles. I mean, I told the Orioles I will come any day. I will talk to anyone. I said, in fact, I would rather talk to non-players. Yeah. I would rather talk to front office people or as long as they, keepers. As long as they pay your way and put you up in a nice hotel, you'll talk to whoever they want. I did not say any of that. I said, you name the day, the place, I will be there. Yeah. I said, you give me the phone number, I will call. Okay, now they probably think you're a stalker. Yeah, but they're a, a they're a PR firm. They're not. It's not a girl I'm stalking. It's a PR firm. Firm. All right. And uh, do you, do you think it's do you think they're? Um, I always think whenever I'm disrespected now, in any walk of life, I always think they're judging me for not having enough Twitter followers. And if I had more followers on Twitter, I would get more respect. Do you think that's what's happening here with you, Josh? I tested that theory. Oh, you did. I did. I went on the Twitter about a month ago. And tweeted that it's crazy that Orioles PR hasn't responded to me when I've been trying to reach out to them since July when I moved down here. Oh, and you added them? And I, I, no, I don't even think I added at Orioles. Mm. But we've got lovely listeners. Sure. Who retweeted it and tagged members of Orioles PR. Mm. So I got a nice private message. And, uh. It was a it was a nice private message. Made me and this f- is where the runaround began. Made me okay. feel great. A direct yeah. message from Kristen Hudak. Yeah. Who you know she's like the head of PR. Yeah, I follow her on Twitter. Great Twitter follower. Right. Nice private message from her saying, "Send yeah. me an email. I'll take care of it." Sounds okay. good. Sounds like all right. Yeah. My email requests have just gotten lost in Orioles PR. Well, or you know sometimes it's good to, it's good to, to know someone. Right. It's good to have Twitter followers. Yeah. yeah. So I send an email. Sure. And here we are. <laughs> like no response? No response at all. Mm, did you message her back I on did. the Twitters? I did. I messaged her back and I yeah, said, oh. she said, shoot me an email and I'll try to find out what's going on. Sorry you're having issues. We will get it sorted out. I said, thanks, I will. 
And then a few days later, I said, I sent you a message, sent you an email. <laughs> and here we stand. And I told, uh, I told Mandy I was going to be quiet about it until spring training was over. I was going to give yeah, them all I'm the spring s- training. I'm sorry, to, I brought to it settle up. this. But yeah. uh, it's pretty funny. So yeah. I've been holding off. But um, there's no way they're going to respond now. I'm sure of it, especially based on uh, they think I'm going to bring like Corona to, to, the, to the ballpark. With the new well, yeah, now, like now they're not letting anyone talk to anybody. Right, I think exactly. that's that's the deal. Like maybe I should, no one can... should I email back and tell them I've got like a rubber suit and a face mask and everything? Yeah, show up to show up to spring training like that and see if you can. Interview. I mean, I, I could probably swing by uh, space. What's the space space coast? What's the, Cape Canaveral? That's not. Okay. I can swing by there and grab like an astronaut suit and go do my interview in that. That should protect yeah. me. And then, yeah, absolutely. I'm sure that that will go well. Yeah, you know, I was pretty impressed with the. Uh, did you see the press release that came out yesterday about like no more clubhouse access? I, I heard it. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't read it. Well, what was interesting about the press release is it was a joint release by major league baseball, NHL, NBA, oh, yeah. and major league soccer. I've never seen a, a press release where all the sports come together for one. Thing. Yeah. That's pretty wild. And yeah. I, and how do you feel being the guys in like the XFL office? Like we're playing too. Yeah, well, what was what, what you said? It was soccer included in that? Soccer was included in it. Yeah. Hold up. So it was soccer, soccer, the, basketball, NBA, hockey, and Major League Baseball. Okay. So All, the big three plus soccer. Yeah, yeah, the big three plus soccer. Okay. So yeah, soccer was happy to be included in the party. But yeah. uh, yeah, and then did you see that? So they said limited clubhouse access, which really means like no reporters in the clubhouse anymore. Right, which I'm not a reporter, that, so I don't care. And I know a lot of reporters on Twitter have been complaining about it. And like, yeah. if I was a reporter, I would complain about it too. Well, but big, I'm not a reporter, so I don't care. The big fear for reporters is that this will be just the new thing. That like, the Orioles will realize, like, even when this virus stuff passes, the Orioles say, you know what? We like not having reporters in the clubhouse. So the fear yeah. of reporters is that once you lose that, you don't get it back ever. Right. I get that, and I still don't care. Right. Did you see the photos from uh, Chris Davis and Austin Hayes being interviewed today? No. All right. It's, 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 very, it's very entertaining. So I have to look those up. All right. So at uh, Ed Smith Stadium, over on the backside off the clubhouse, they have, like, these picnic tables. Um, we've sat out there before. We've done interviews out there years ago. Saw a guy. Oh no, that's not where a guy broke his arm. That's in the outfield. Yeah, no. no this, the, is, this is back for like players and. Oh, uh, you back behind. Yeah, that that's behind. yeah. We interviewed um, some guy that got cut like the next week. Tri- was it Triggs? Yeah, a guy got sent to Oakland. Oh yeah, Shoot, Triggs. No, it was Triggs. Was it Andrew Triggs? Andrew yeah, Triggs. Yeah. yeah, we interviewed him back on this uh, back porch patio area. So yeah. that's where they're now doing interviews, and here's how they do it: the player sits at the table, and the and the reporters lay all their phones out. And then reporters have to stand at least six feet away from the table to do their, to ask their questions. Well, that's the, the that's the CDC distance yes. of a cough. They said it can go six feet. Yeah, right, right. So that's what they're doing is, and it looks really funny to see all the reporters lined up because you think of things like fan fest and stuff where the reporters are right up on them, or or at post games where they're holding their phones up in the guy's face, and yeah. here they're like six feet off. It's like a press conference. Josh, you think they're going overboard with some of this stuff? Yeah, totally. I know you do. Yeah, you, uh, you think they're a bunch of strawberries, all of them. 
Yeah, the entire country is a bunch of strawberries. <laughs> you the totally. entire country is strawberries. Totally. Uh, how's your wife think of this? Uh, she is a nurse. Does she think that the country is a whole bunch of strawberries? Uh, no, no. I mean, she's too distracted by... She feels like it's her task to correct misinformation, like using uh, soap over hand sanitizer and how soap is a lot more effective than hand sanitizer against the virus and like the futile nature of masks and how they don't do anything. So she's more... Right, because like masks like, don't work unless you're sick. Like right, they, they prevent the you from getting other people sick, but not... not right, if yeah, you wear it sick. when you're not sick, you're more likely to get sick. Yeah, and she's talking about like, you ever try, and this is this is what you're supposed to do, wash your hands for 20 seconds, I think it is. Yeah. And they say like you can sing uh, happy birthday twice or something. Yeah, or Mary had a little lamb. Yeah, yeah. You ever try to wash your hands, just sitting there washing your hands for 20 seconds? That's the longest 20 seconds you've ever experienced in your life. No, the thing that's longer is brushing your teeth for two minutes. Yeah, that's <laughs> true. When I got that vibrating thing, the vibrating toothbrush, which which vibrates you and oh, gives you a little you have the vibration when you're done in that section. Yeah. It's not the quid, but it's like a knockoff. But yeah, yeah, Amazon you vibrate, version. then it, it buzzes, but, so you switch to the next section. Yes, you switch sides. Yeah. But you'd be on there. I feel like I'm on there for two hours and it's not, not buzzing. Like, let's go, buddy. Yeah, I got like an Oral-B or something that does that. Same thing. And it's like forever. Yeah. Um, but I mean, between washing your hands brush your teeth and waiting for the conditioner set in i don't have a life that's my entire life my <laughs> no. entire existence is those is those things yeah, just does, hygiene now right my entire it, life is hygiene yeah i've had these flashbacks of when uh brooke was in the NICU like 12 years ago mm, because sure. they would that you'd have to wear the hospital gear and then you'd have to scrub up with like this special like hospital soap and you'd have to do all like up to your elbows and like you would sit there and you would make sure you're going for like Two minutes or whatever the time limit is because like the nurses are there and everything so you can't shortchange it yeah 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 so that's what needs to happen though because there needs to be someone like in my high school bathroom watching kids wash their hands half of them don't and the other i've never seen a kid in there for 20 seconds washing their hands we need to have some some people out there to check and verify people washing their hands yeah no that's, that's the line get down. No, so yeah i totally think we there's a whole bunch of strawberries i got a notice today a little warning work-wise to make sure I'm not running my techs like overtime and wearing them out because if they work overtime and they're tired and worn out and then they get the coronavirus, they can claim workman's comp because I overworked them and made their immune system poor and that's why they got the virus, uh, which seems crazy. Yeah, it seems to me everything is being done so no one gets sued, right? Oh, Isn't that why we do everything we do? You're, doing yeah. these, you're closing on these sporting events. You're, you're closing like all this stuff. Not because you care about spreading the virus. You don't want to be sued. No one wants to have the finger pointed at them. Yeah, it's the same reason it says uh, beware of flying bats and balls in the stadium. They're going to be beware of of new viruses as well as yeah. as, as bats and balls. Though I, I do I do confess, I we went to the grocery store recently and I bought like three times as much food, just because you know. I, I don't know if I, I you get nervous about going back in public, but you know what? I'm not really worried. And, and by, by the way, I'm a student at Salisbury. They shut the school down. Oh, that's right. Uh, we, I, you got two weeks or something of like virtual school, right? Yeah. So spring break is next week. So they shut it down the rest of the week. Then spring break's next week. And then the next two weeks are like supposed to be online schooling. Right. And, that's uh, all know, colleges in Maryland, correct? Yeah, I think that's true. I think that was a Hogan, uh, Larry Hogan yeah. thing. And then Hopkins yeah. is hosting like the uh, Div Division Three tournament, 
NCAA tournament. Yes. And they're doing that without fans. Yeah. Yeah. So. And at my high school, they <laughs> – I shouldn't say anything. But, no, they, 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 they told <laughs> I the custodial staff – they told they told the staff to like actually maybe do their job and clean. <laughs> well, yeah, that, isn't that the funniest part? Is like suddenly we're like being told to wash your hands. Like, yeah, shouldn't we always wash our hands? This is yeah, like this is a uh, new a new concept. But uh, but like like I'm not concerned about myself at all with the coronavirus. I have no concerns. I'm a strapping. I'm best shape of my life. Um, and it doesn't affect that me, and it doesn't affect right. kids. So I'm not really affected. I'm worried about my kids either. I mean, I I do know a lot of old people, Josh, and I am worried about old people. Yeah, I'd rather not go to a funeral. Yeah. Um, now. Yeah. So so I'm, I'm concerned. And Josh, based on your your work overtime, I assume you have a bunch of people in their 80s work, who's working for you. Who are working <laughs> not for at you. all. Is that, is that not at all. I got a bunch of guys uh, okay. younger than me that are working that uh, are not. Oh yeah, because you're older than me, so you're you're actually Josh a little bit more susceptible than I am. That makes me feel good. <laughs> right. Uh, exactly. You know, speaking of me being susceptible, I d- what what's this all laying out for opening day? I believe I've shared on here that I'm coming I'm coming home for opening day. I'm coming and joining you. We talked yeah, about in that. an airplane, right? So I've got a, a, I've got a flight with Southwest at the end of the month to come and sit uh, in a uh, crowd cl- of people at Camden Yards. Right before you that though, you're going in an enclosed area um, for, for, for this flight with, with a lot of people and little va- va- ventilation. Right. Um, I'm not sitting by you at Camden Yards. I'll tell I, you that much. I've gotten, I, I've gotten so many letters from, I think it's like daily letters from the school saying about how they're monitoring the situation. And the yeah. past two days I've gotten an email from Southwest airlines and spirit airlines talking about how they're cleaning their uh, airplanes extra carefully. Yeah, I mean, I appreciate people being proactive because people, it's not, they're not doing this because of what has happened. They're doing it because what they fear yeah. could happen, right? And, it's and pre- no preventative to, measures. And no one wants to be like these cruise ships where 700 people are sick and you can point to uh, that cruise ship. No one yeah. wants to say, oh, well, there's 700 people sick because of a Southwest flight. Right. Sure. And so I think all these measures are 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 fine and i don't think any of them are like insane like so it's like it's more funny like humorous to see the reporters stay six feet back yes i don't think it's like insane it's just kind of weird it's but, it is it's just a weird situation and like i think people are really afraid of not wanting what's happening in china to happen in america but i feel like we're already a different country and handle things differently than they handle things but, in China. I mean, more recently in Europe and it, 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 Italy, yes. if you look at pictures of Italy, like it's eerie because like there's no one on the streets. They, right, they quarantined the whole stinking country, which is right. and that's why I bought extra food. I'm worried about the whole country being. Quarantined. But that country is not as big. That country is like twice the size of Florida. It's not like it's small compared to the United States. Well, yeah, size wise. People-wise, it's much more condensed, which also adds to the problem. Yeah, more, more quickly. Um, but but if you asked me like a week ago uh, about opening day not happening, I would have said, okay, that's a little bit silly. Opening right. day is going to happen. But it seems like sports teams, and you mentioned a couple examples, they're being extra cautious with this stuff. So all of a sudden, like I'm, I'm not 100% sure. Right. right? Like the thing to watch is how the NBA handles this. Where they've they've already had conversations with no fans, and how March Madness handles this. We've seen South by Southwest canceled. We've seen Coachella canceled. We're seeing these music festivals canceled. So yeah. do sports take that same angle 
And do they play opening day without fans? That would be eerie and weird. Or do they push the season back? But I don't think pushing the season back two weeks is going to have a right a big impact. No, and how do you do that in baseball without dragging the games to Thanksgiving? Yeah, more double headers. I don't know. It's right. It's it's a lot of complicated and issues. There. And it's weird because, like you were saying, you don't know when this is going to end. Right. Presumably, like pushing about a week, it's not like it's going to not be an issue. Right. You know, right. the second week in April, if it's an issue, the first week in April. Like your school closing for two weeks is like a wait and see, and we'll reevaluate oh, in two weeks. Oh, absolutely. They said don't come back to campus until April 3rd, but yeah, right. by, by the end of March, they're going to have an update on that on that situation. Yeah. All right, absolutely. so we're on the same page that there's a bunch of strawberries. But we understand a little bit of why they're being strawberries. I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I legitimately, I think we, I think people, Josh, and you in- included, might be too dismissive of the damage this could cause to older people. And so I am, I, and I think people like on. I hear him talk about talk like, oh, just only old people are dying. <laughs> like, that, like that's right. like that's less like they're less va- valuable or something. And so I am concerned. I'm not concerned for my life or for my but the life of my immediate family. But I am concerned that that if I if I was if I was above the age of seventy, I'm not leaving my house. I'm not. Right. Well, that's why you saw uh, Bernie and Joe Biden both cancel their things. You can't yeah, put why, old men around all those people. Yeah, and, and, and why they're not, uh, the debate is going to be no people. Right, right. Yeah, because it's old people. You can't keep them around that. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, we'll wait and see. It's just one of those things we all got to deal with, and then we'll remember it years from now. That's right. So. Uh, hopefully, if we're around. Let's talk about baseball. All right, well, I was going to say, while we're dealing with health, I mean, I guess we should mention Trey Mancini. Yeah, I think if anyone's listening to this podcast, they already know what's going on with Trey Mancini as much as we know. So I don't think we really need to get into it, except that we're all like pulling for Trey. Absolutely. All of Birdland. Um, you, you cannot, you literally cannot find anyone who says anything. It's not even negative. Anything neutral about Trey right. Mancini. Like, and we've had interactions with Trey Mancini. Super, let's just like down to earth, normal, cool dude. Right. And we don't know what's going on. But Birdland's in his corner, and we, and we wish him the best. And it's the same, like, national reporters are all on board. Like, Baseball Tonight was talking about it. Like, it can't, whatever's going on, like, he's the nicest guy and the face of the organization and just an all-around good guy. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's our best baseball player currently on the team. Um, and one of the, I mean, we talked about him this year being the leader, right? And he kind of embraced that role as the leader. Right. And so we hope he can get back to his health in order and back to playing baseball and being the, the leader of this baseball team. So yeah, or for Trey, or is this something that the team can get around by, behind him and all of a sudden be way better than they're supposed to, because they've got something to fight for. If this was a movie, they'd all do yeah. it for Trey. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, yeah. I mean, again, like this is, you'll not find, I mean, he's been with the team for a while, right? So the whole, everyone knows them. Um, and he, they, they, they look up to him. So certainly, hearing the comments from Cobb and Davis, like uh, people love Trey Mancini. Yeah. And so certainly they're going to ra- 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 rally behind him. Um, and so, right. and yeah, we just, I don't know. I, I'm, 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 I want to know like what's going on. Right. We but all, you, you we respect all his know. privacy, and I, I get that. And I'm sure he'll tell us once things are more finalized. We all know how medical things go. There's scares and there's fears and eventually you you'll share 
Um, yeah, and you, and you want to get the facts straight. Right. Yeah, but we so all know it's not, it's not the coronavirus. <laughs> we got it that clear. It's that is silly clear. That, that reporters had to say that. But uh, Can we talk actual baseball? Uh, yeah. All right. Please. Um, these Rule 5 cuts. Michael Rucker and Brandon Bailey both cut. Did that surprise you? Shocked. Shocked. Right. Me too. It's I, weird. I almost like... I almost swerved off the road. No, I don't know if it's worth that much of a shock. I almost swerved off the road. I, I pulled over. I hugged my kids. No, no. Can it's, you explain I was, it? I was. I, I can't. Because here's the thing. And we got to. I, I, I want to pull up uh, what Michael I said, said about it. Because here's. First of all, they drafted these t- two guys. They drafted both of them in the Rule 5 draft. Right. Michael I's whole thing has been to. Add talent to this team. Add bodies. Right? We're, yep. we're, yeah. We're, we're, we're not going trying to win the World Series this year. Last I checked. So we're just trying to add talent. Here's the guy. Rucker was out there throwing 95, 96 miles per hour. Right. Bailey looked like a potential starter. Yep. Like These guys looked good. And Elias admits that Bailey, they impressed. Like, didn't Bailey, like, wasn't he, like, drafted by someone on Elias' team years ago or something? Like he well, had, he came from the Astros. Yes, yeah. Yeah. So he knew some about Bailey. Yeah, and, and everything they did impressed. Like, they pitched well right. here. Both of them had success in their limited sampling. And so this was not at all related to them being, like, in over their heads. Or it was not at all related to a bad spring training performance. Right. It was you know, all related was, about you can't fit them on the 26 man. And explain that to me. Well, there's two things here. First of all, is that a new rule since the Rule 5 draft that came out? Or did Mike Elias know about that rule prior to the Rule 5 draft? Because, <laughs> like, right. he's, he's, like, he knew that this was the rule. And so now all of a sudden he's, like, changing his mind well, based on – because what you're doing is you're keeping him – I mean, you, you got rid of the two Rule 5 guys, two guys in their, in their, you know, I think 25 or whatever, two younger guys to keep guys like LeBlanc and, and Malone, and now they got this new guy. Um, I'm blanking right. on his name. Is guys it? that are placeholders, not any In their in 30s. The right. Yeah, and so and why yeah. did, why did you make the decision this early in spring training? Like it seems like couldn't you have waited like three four more weeks? Why do you make the call now? Well, that's the thing too, right? So this tells me that it had nothing to do with performance. This is not about performance, right? This was not about Bailey. It's not about Rucker. It was about other things, and so what? I think the main reason is there's guys like Malone, like LeBlanc, who are currently not on the forty man roster who he needs to have room to put them on the 40-man the roster. Here was Michael Elias' quotes. He said, um, these, these were tough decisions, especially with the Rule 5 guys. Both are impressive. Um, that's why we drafted them, and they have big league stuff, and they're big league pitchers, and we'll be pitching the big leagues in the future. But with our roster construction, with our starting rotation, and the way we feel it's shaping up, we expect to be adding some pitchers to the 40-man roster before the end of camp. And by the way, this is my side note. Those 40-man pitchers that they're adding are all guys in their 30s that are just place, right. placeholders. They're not adding talent. Michael Elias continues. He says this, And we feel it's going to be difficult with the new rules in 2020 with respect to having only 13 pitchers on the roster at any given time, the length and option period from 10 to 15 days, and then the three-batter minimum for relievers that carrying Rule 5 pitchers from AA is going to hamper us. Yet... They also added an extra man in the roster. 
But they're, so I guess they're just saying these guys can't pitch enough innings. Well, they can't trust them. I mean, who cares? I, I mean, We're not going to win anything. I think the issue is what you cannot do with them that you can do with other pitchers is hide. Is 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 send them to AAA. Okay. Right. You could option them to AAA, then call them back up to other pitchers. You can't do that with the, with the Rule Five guy. Or who was the pitcher? They have to stay there. Who was the pitcher that we just hid in our bullpen for like a whole year, and you yeah you only saw him if it was a complete blowout. Yeah, and then I mean we did that. I think we did that with T.J. McFarland back in the day. But there was a more uh, recent guy from Boston uh, that I'm blanking on. Freddie Garcia. Um, was it Gar- Jason Garcia? Garcia? Jason Garcia, yeah. Yeah, and then we sent him to the minors, and he was terrible in the minors, so yeah. it never worked out. Yeah. And most of these Rule 5 guys don't work out. It just, it's a bit a bit odd to me. I guess because I don't understand what the three batter minimum has, has to do with it. I don't get that point. Right, because you can put one of these guys in, let him hit that three, I guess. I mean, they're not lefty specialists we're talking and about right. here. And a three batter minimum means that you'll use less pitchers, not more. Yeah. Yeah, presumably. At least that's um, the whole point of the rule. And the option going from 10 days to 15 days, I just, I don't fully get it. I don't fully get how that impacts. Like, I get I get that you want room on your 40-man to bring guys up and send guys down. Right. I get that you don't want to remove Pat Vileka again from your 40-man because you already lost him a couple times on waivers. So I get, like, you only have 40 spots. Right. And you don't want to put guys on waivers and take them off the 40-man. But it just seems like I'd rather have young players than placeholders. I don't know. Yeah. It's just, it was weird to me. It seems very odd for a team that, like, isn't going anywhere. Um, do the Orioles normally carry more than 13 pitchers? No. Right? I don't remember. No. I'm trying to think, and I can't remember a team with more than 13 pitchers. No. it's just, You either keep 12 or 13 normally. Right. Like, maybe, I guess, special circumstances, you could carry a 14th pitcher if you, like, if you're blow up your bullpen. Right. And this year they're saying you can't. So, like, that could be the situation, right, where you blow up your bullpen, where you have, you know, 13 pitchers, and maybe last year you, you, could, have, you, you could have brought up a 14th pitcher right. and sent down a minor. But this year you can't do that. So maybe you want to be able to take a guy in your bullpen, send him to AAA, and bring another guy up, a fresh armor okay. if you need it. And you can't do that with Bailey or But Rucker. that doesn't explain dumping them now. Why wouldn't you hold them on your roster until – March, April, yeah, April, well, May, when you're like, okay, we can't hide him anymore. We got to just dump him. He's not working out. Well, no, no. I mean, I, I kind of disagree on that point. Like, if, if you feel like they're not going to be part of the team and you can't hold them, then why wait? Because you like, want why them. have them take up innings as opposed to when because someone else Because why not see if Bailey can work as, like, an opener? Like, hang in there. Yeah, well, and that's another can. interesting point, Josh. Um, because... Like, the question I have is, why change your mind? Like, why all of a sudden decide right. this is the bad idea? And when before it sounded like a good idea. And secondly, like, and because it's not like they dropped one. They dropped both of them, which is also surprising. Yeah. I can see, okay, I, I, I would not have been surprised at all if one of them went. Right. But the fact that both of them went was a little bit surprising. Um, and you mentioned the idea of the opener. This yep. is um, Stan Charles's theory that the Orioles want to use an opener more. And they don't think Bailey or Rucker is good enough to work as an opener, either opening the game or jumping back on. So they need to have guys like LeBlanc and Malone who can do the opener thing better than these pitchers can. I understand and that. Because so if, if you do the opener, your starter's only throwing like a couple innings, right? So you need more pitchers to pitch in that game. Right. So you need more flexibility in your bullpen. So I think it's an interesting argument that 
um, having more flexibility in the bullpen allows you to do the opener more and yes. rule five guys limit your flexibility. I get that, but I thought that was the whole point of this Bailey kid is that he was going to be able to be an opener. Yeah, and, and, and that's why, Justin, so, kind of with you on, you don't know, right? So Right, like I didn't to, see enough. Right. Apparently they did after, you know, two of spring training outings. Um, but, I mean, most of these Rule 5 guys don't turn into anything. Right. So it's probably not a big deal in the end. And, like, I don't know, there's something, like, I'm... I don't know. Like, it seems like a lot of reporters, like, praise Michael Elias no matter what he does. And, like, a lot of fans them drafting the Rule 5 guys shows that they're acquiring talent. When they got rid of the Rule 5 guys, shows that they're, like, more advanced than they were last year, so they don't need a Rule right. 5 guy or something. Right. That suddenly uh, the team that has held a Rule 5 guy for, like, the past 10 years always had a Rule 5 guy. Somehow last year we were able to hold one, but this year we can't. Yeah. Yeah, and, and and according to Oro's reporters, that's a sign that we're getting better as an organization. I don't know about that. I hope though. so. I don't know how. Yeah, but on the other hand, if I can like play as devil advocate a little bit here, part of me is like this is good because it means we'll be more competitive as a major league team. And I'm not a fan of just like punting the season. Like I want to like. I'm a fan. I, I want us to try to win. I want to put the best players out there. And I think Malone gives us a better chance. LeBlanc gives us a better chance this year to win than Bailey and Rucker do. Yeah, I agree with that. And I like, and that's where I like trying. Brandon Hyde makes comments like that all the time where I'm like, all right, I want to get behind him. He thinks this team can win some games, do better. I want to see the numbers go up. I want to see us win more. And I try to not get excited with <laughs> behind that and believe in that. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. Did you see this week Keith Law updated his uh, farm system rankings? So I did. Yeah. So uh, Keith Law's came out, and he has the Orioles ranked as number 24, which seems a little low compared to other rankings that I've seen. And he says, it's still early in the rebuild, and the Orioles' first draft under Michael Elias was fine, but not a blockbuster. There's some back-end pitching depth here, behind the big two starting prospects, D.L. Hall and Grayson Rodriguez, and a few position players in the low levels who have upside beyond what they've shown so far. This team needs more total bulk in the system and to get active in Latin America again. Do you buy this? I, I, I kind of do. I, I don't like Keith Law. Everyone knows he's an oral hater. Right, which um, makes me say <laughs> the Orioles are probably more like 18-19 but then the Keith Law effects kicks him back. But but, but I'm, everything I'm he says skeptical, is true. And I'm skeptical of people who have us being like a top 10 farm system when the year before we were at the bottom. I mean, Keith Law had us as the worst farm system in baseball right. last year. The highest and a lot of people, is 16. 16. And a lot of people had us at, you know, in the, in the bottom 20s. Right. So you're telling me we jump, let's say not like not, not even 30, let's say 28. We jump from 28 to, to 16. Why? Did we make a bunch of big trades? No. The only trades we made was Andrew Kashner, who we got a bunch of 14-year-olds for Andrew Kashner, a couple 14-year-olds. And, 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 and that was like the only trade. See, and I assume- Oh, and, and the recent trade with Jonathan VR. But again, that was no real talent back. So the only thing we've done is have better coaching and draft and have the top pick in the draft and right. draft Adley Rutschman. And analytics. So, yeah, 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 yeah. But as far as talent... Right. The only guy no. of talent really added was the draft and of the Russian. Right. And no, how are you going to have a, 
one draft and everybody else draft players too and go from 28 to 16 right and that's one draft that seems like a bit steep totally and that's where i see like if we really jumped to 16 17 then it tells me more about what dan duquette did like during the dan duquette era we used to always say dan didn't draft this team and a lot of credit goes to uh the people before him McPhail, yeah. McPhail, yeah. We'd always give McPhail credit. And I think if the Orioles farm system really improved that much, you'd have to give credit to Duquette for those drafts and those trades at the end. But when you look at like Keith Law, the jump to 24 is more telling of those little changes of you drafted Adley Rushman, who it sounds like Keith Law's not real big on Adley Rushman. Oh, is that true? I don't know. Is well, that, he, said, he, said, he said the draft was fine, not a blockbuster. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, um, and I, you know how it goes. You want, they're always looking for pitching. They're always looking for pitching. So I think to grab just a, a big bat, I don't think is as impressive to, uh, to these guys, analysts. Well, well, maybe not to Keith Law, but everyone else says Adley Rushman is a generational talent. Right. The, the, but the, the good thing about the Orioles farm system is if you look at our top three prospects who are usually ranked in almost every top 100 list, is Grace Rodriguez, D.L. Hall, and Adley Rushman. Right. All three of those will be in the top 100 next year because none, none, none of them are graduating from the, no. the prospect and list. And so will whoever we draft in June. Yeah, and presumably the number two pick overall will also be in the top 100. Yes. So we will very likely next year have four top 100 guys, and that assumes no one else jumps up to that list. Right. So if so we, we'll at least have four 100. Right. So it'd be hard for Keith Law. What, what did I say? We're at 24. It'd be hard for him to not push us then to 1920 next year. Yeah. And that seems like a reasonable jump to go from 30 to whatever it is to 26 right. to, es- to 20. That seems like a reasonable jump. Especially when you got to realize that the Orioles aren't the only team improving their farm system. It's not like the Orioles improve and everyone else stays static. Yeah, like everyone's yeah. And, trying and, to improve every year, so it takes again, a lot to pass people. Yeah, we're rebuilding and we're kind of tanking, but we don't have the trade pieces to actually bring back. And this is another re- way people build their farm systems, right? By trading away their top pieces. But yeah. we already did that, and so we're left with Michael Givens, and we're left with I don't know um, Michael Givens, Chris Davis. Um, yeah, <laughs> if Rakubako says one more time. That if Chris Davis off to hot start, no we can, can trade, trade him. him. There's no way I'm going to throw the radio uh, out of my car. The only way you can I, trade him is if you eat all the money. Even then, even if you ate every dollar, I don't know who would want them. Like he's because he had one good half a season after having four terrible years. I don't know. He's looking. Who's going to say the second he's traded, he doesn't go back to being I'm, terrible, Chris Davis? I'm still standing behind that bet we made last week. All right. Well, he got uh, just tonight. He had another walk. Yeah. He walks more than anyone in baseball right now. I don't understand why no one pitches to him. Right. What is with the, that? It's like Barry Bonds. It is. He, right now he leads the team in walks, in runs, in right. home runs, in average, and on base percentage. Chris yeah. Davis. Good to be Chris Davis this spring. Comeback player of the year. Hopefully it's no Jake Fox. Yeah. We'll see. Um, is there any – you mentioned uh, before the show or at the beginning of the show, you mentioned like that you've got some guys that are going to be on the Orioles that you don't think should be on the Orioles. I didn't say that. Right, what, or guys, what did you say? I'm, I, you, I'm you not as high some, on as everybody else. Yeah, you've got some takeaways from the spring with some players. What, Why don't you share it's that? Not, it's not even the spring. Okay. Um, 
it's it's past performance. Oh, okay. Um, I, I, right, I don't. Who, who put, concerns you? All right. Um, everyone's like the. I don't want to upset people here, but the people everybody is most excited to see this year. I'm Austin Hayes. I don't Austin Hayes. I'm excited I'm to see not, Austin Hayes. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not a full blown believer. I think he's going to be exceptional in in the outfield. I'm pumped to see him in the outfield. Right. But Josh, he hasn't proven it with the bat consistently at all. No. Um, I mean, he had the big year. Um, I mean, he had last year when, when he came up for that month. Um, he was great. He was great when he came up. Before he was caught up at Norfolk, he was batting 250. Uh, before that, at Frederick last year, he's batting 268. Um, last year, he was he was injured, but last year, uh, I'm sorry, two years ago, 2018, he batted 235 in the in the minors, and then the year before that, 2017, is when he had that big right. breakout year. But he has yet to show that he can put together a full offensive season, both health wise and like just being a good enough hitter wise to put together a good full season and this now, year in spring training he's off to a rocky start yeah. batting you know about One, 180 last time yeah, i checked i think it's 175 after tonight's game uh, now right now everyone's excited because those what 20 games that he played 21 games he played last season he did that 309 he was great he was great right. defensively and offensively yeah. and um, in 2017 he was the best my, my, minor league player in all of baseball right he jumped in the top 100 prospects yeah but last but, year in the minors was a down year and yeah, I totally see the concern with his approach at the plate this season. I, we just had never seen it before, so I don't know why people are assuming he's going to go all year hitting 300 because he did it for a 21 game clip last year. Right. Um, I think he could struggle because he's a young player. Um, he hasn't seen this level of pitching. He hasn't done it consistently in the minors. It's not like he dominated the minors at every step he went. So I think it could be a bit of a, a learning curve, and people are already marking him as your leadoff hitter, center fielder. You know, you know, you know. Austin Hayes is from my uh, my area. He's oh, from, is he? He's from Daytona Beach and went to school in Jacksonville. Oh, very college. Cool. So. A lot of baseball players come out of Florida, Josh. Well, yeah, because you get to play year round. And yep. that's snow. But don't worry, with climate change, Maryland will also soon be a year round baseball town. All right, all right. Um, who else? Well, no, that's uh, I'll I'll counteract that. With a pause, with a guy who I'm really excited about, and I think people are sleeping on. All right, who's that? Cody Carroll, the pitcher. Yes. All right. This guy throws, and last year he was hurt because he had some uh, back issues. Right. Um, but he's gotten that straightened out. Um, here's a guy who came from, uh, I think, he came from the Yankees. I think he's part of the Zach Britton trade, if I remember correctly. Um, and this guy's thrown 97, yeah. 98 miles per hour. Like all this right. guy's got straight gas. If you look at all of his minor league stats, because he hasn't had really a chance to play in the majors and prove himself, I mean, he's averaging double-digit strikeout per innings. Um, so he's just a guy that that kind of can, can just get it done. I mean, in 2018, last year he was hurt. In 2018, um, he added he averaged over 11 strikeouts, bef- uh, and, 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 and that was between the Orioles and the Yankees. But he's always up there with 11, 12, 13 strikeouts per nine, nine innings. He throws the ball really hard. We missed him last year, so I think I got a little bit lost in the shuffle because he was hurt all last year. Right. But I think he's playing well so far in the spring, pitched well today. I think Co- Cody Carroll could be a big part 
of the, of the back end of our, of our bullpen. I could get behind that. He, we got him from the Yankees when we traded Zach Britton. Yes. Right. Yeah. All right. I'll, so, I'll, I'll buy that. Yeah. So we got some exciting arms in our bullpen. If he can stay healthy, go along with Hunter Harvey and Michael Givens. I think there's some the back end at least. I don't know how we're going to get to the back end. Maybe but uh, the back end is, is looking pretty good. Maybe next week we need to come bring back with some buy and sell. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I'll buy that. I wonder. We got. I could go back and look at my my past buys and sell. See see how accurate. See how I they're was, doing. But. Yeah. Yeah. Or at least early. Uh. Maybe late in spring training. Right before opening day, we'll do a buy sell. Yeah. I mean, we're getting to the point now in spring training. I hate to even look at the spring training stats because, I mean, we're not talking about a large sample size. Right. But now we're getting to the point where pitchers are starting to throw multiple innings. Starters are going to start going like four and five innings. And that's they're they've made second cuts. Like they're going to make more cuts. Like we get to the point where we're actually starting, we're going to see the, you know, the twenty-six man roster start to take shape. I think over the next couple of weeks. So yeah, yeah, next week I think we can look at the stats and get a, a better representation of kind of where we're at. And that's why we can look at a guy like LeBlanc and say, okay, this guy probably will be part of the team because we're starting to see a little bit more now. Yeah, but I mean, but a lot of those pitchers, like Cole Stewart, um, like just had his first kind of chance to, to 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 pitch the other day, and. Uh, and Malone too, like they've been dealing with with shoulder stuff, and so they we haven't even seen a lot of these guys pitch. So it's like, right. um, it's hard to it's hard to even it's hard to make any comments when you've and only had one appearance for two innings. Like, right. what can you do with that? And that's why I don't want to try to predict the rotation or the pen yet because we still got to see more more baseball. We can get a little closer each week, but I don't want to try to predict that right now. What I do want to ask you about is the outfield. Because uh, we've been seeing a lot of guys in the outfield. We know the Orioles have a lot of prospects in the outfield. And now there's another open slot with Trey Mancini more than likely not going to be able to not be on the team come opening day. Uh, how do you see this plays out? You mentioned Austin Hayes. It seems like he's just a given for center field. Do you yeah, think that's still the case even with the spring struggles? I don't know, Josh. What 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 do you think? If like if he doesn't hit at all that this spring, if he like right now he's batting, uh, I just put it up one sixty. Maybe it went up after today. I don't know if that's updated. But if he if he ends with like a one fifty batting average, but he's kind of your only center fielder, is he is he going up to to the majors no matter what what he does in spring training? Um. I don't know, because who else would be there? Cedric Mullins? I mean, you could do Cedric Mullins, I mean, how's, though. How's his spring he, looking? I tell you what, if you look at some of this, he strikes out all the time. I mean, he has 12, he has 19 at-bats. He struck out nine times, um, batting 2 to 11. So he's not doing well. I mean, the other guy, the guy that I like, just because he's a career minor leaguer, and I like to see these guys get, get a chance, is Mason Williams. He's another guy in the squad. That if he played center field most of last year at Norfolk, okay. so Mason Williams could be a guy, and he's batting 350 in the spring, so he's off to a pretty good start. Um, but Mason Williams could be your center fielder, right? And what about you can't go with Steve Wilkerson as your center fielder, right? They always talk yeah. about wanting to keep him on the bench because he can play center field, yeah. And but, they picked up that other guy, uh, Velasquez, yes, who, who can also play center field, um. But I got to tell you about but Velasquez. He, he's striking out. He's he struck out eleven times so far in twenty at bats. 
I mean, he's he's been bad at the plate. Right. But he's got speed and he can play all positions. Like Velasquez can play every position. So it's kind of like Stevie Wilkerson with speed. But you get kind of no offense from him. But I guess he's nice to have on your bench. But I can't imagine Velasquez as your center fielder. But I also can't imagine Cedric Mullins is going to be in an overset as a center fielder too. Right. So that's why I think it's, it's it Hayes. probably will be Austin Hayes right. just because – you got to I mean that. or Mason Williams but they didn't go with Mason Williams last year at any point so they must not like Mason Williams. Right. So right. I guess you're stuck with Austin Hayes but if he can't hit the ball and he hasn't proven consistently that he can hit it all year triple A and I thought the Orioles thing was you got to prove it at every level. Um and through injury and stuff he really hasn't proven it all year at triple A. So I know everyone assumes Austin Hayes is part of the 26 man roster but you would like to see him do something in spring to kind of earn that spot. Right. Uh, the other corners is Dwight Smith Jr. going to make this team just because he's hitting well, even though he sucks in the outfield. Well, I don't know. Is, I mean, is he, is he a lot worse than like Ryan Mountcastle if Ryan Mountcastle was out there, or even Trey Mancini if he was out there? But isn't Ryan Mountcastle have a higher upside to stick out there? Well, well offensively, but not defensively, really. But but certainly offensively. Yeah, I mean, but again, I think coming back to this, if you want them to learn. And if you don't care about this season. Yeah. I, yeah. And again, like who else is your better option, right? Like Ryan Mackcastle, they want to extend to the minors both I, I, for right. service time and to improve his outfield skills. Um, so, yeah, I would imagine Dwight Smith Jr. is going to be on the team. And probably at this San, point. Santander, I imagine. Oh, yes. He, they like San, Santander year. is a lock. That's a lock? You don't think yeah, Mountcastle he, or someone will overtake him? No, Santander is a lock. He's going to be your. Op- he's going to be what? I guess it'll be a if Dwight Smith is your left fielder, then Santander will be your opening day right fielder. Right, but then that's where that's where I look at a guy like Williams, and how can you really choose Dwight Smith Jr. over Williams when Williams is also doing good, pretty good at the plate? Yeah, I mean Dwight Smith Jr. has the major league experience from last year. I guess you could argue that. Um, but again, yeah. so, are we really? Value? Do we really put any value right now in veteran shit in major league well, apparently, experience? Apparently they they do because they let the rule five guys go. Right. I guess, um, yeah, but pitching's different. Mountcastle, yeah. do you think will be on this team opening day or not? What's the whole I, service time thing with him? I think there's zero chance. Um, I think you got to hold him down till like the end of April, and you get another year of service out of him. So a lot of people are saying they're gonna hold him down to April, get the year of service. And then call him up in May. I don't even know if he'll be up in. I don't know if he'll even be up in May though, because, I mean, the man uh, doesn't walk, and he needs to work on his defensive skills. Right. And if the Orioles are not in a hurry, right, to to, I don't know, to win, then, I don't. I would not be surprised if he's not caught up to like June or July. Now, if if we're trying to compete for a playoff spot, Ryan Matthews is a better player than Dwight Smith Jr. Um, but if you want to say like, here, work on your outfield without any pressure at Norfolk, then I could see them making that argument to hold Ryan Mountcastle down for a while at AAA. Gotcha. So, yeah, I mean, so I think we're looking at four outfitters there, right? And maybe we're missing somebody, but I see Austin Hayes, Dwight Smith, uh, Jr., um, Anthony Santander, and then maybe as your fourth outfielder, a guy who can also play center field. Mason Williams could 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 be that guy. Well, and at that point, you're leaving out Cedric Mullins and Steve Wilkerson. You're leaving yeah, or Velasquez even. Yeah, the, so the, 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 those are other guys that could be 
I don't know. That could be part of that. Right. But, and you can carry an extra guy than you could last year. So maybe you carry Velasquez, who can play both outfield, or Wilkerson, who can play both outfield and infield, and along think, with a Pat Vileka type guy. Yeah, and I think that's where the um, that's where the cut of the Rule 5 guys like makes it even more confusing because we really don't know how the Orioles are approaching this season. Like, what do you mean? Like, like we don't know. Like, is it try to give guys experience in the big leagues or is it try to win some games? Is it, you know, like, how would you, do you choose the veteran because you'd rather win some games and rather have some defense behind your pitching? Or do you choose the young guy that you want to see if he's going to be a future major leaguer in Baltimore? Yeah, and they made moves like the signing of Jose Iglesias, right? Right. Who's a veteran shortstop who's great defensively and, be- because we realized we couldn't rock and roll with Richie Martin um, all year. Right. Of course, now and, Richie and, Martin's looking pretty good as like a second baseman. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm curious to see if— Or third baseman. I would be surprised if he makes the major league squad, if he makes the 26-man— but I'm curious to see what they do with him in the minors. Do they make him like an everyday shortstop in the minors? Or do they move him around to third base, second base, and kind of groom him as a utility guy who can right. play in multiple positions? Because right now that's they're, they're using him at second and third. And right, because they have a shortstop. Spot. Right. But yeah. it, could it be that they want him on the bench, even though I don't feel like you grow much on the bench? Yeah, I mean, I think in, in with this team, the way that Hans Alberto you know, doesn't hit very well against right-handed pitching. Um, the way that Ruiz is still kind of developing offensively, I feel like the way that they're flexible with the DH spot and how they use the DH spot, I feel like you could get Richie Martin playing time four out of, you know, out of seven days being, because we are a pretty flexible team and kind of position-wise, playing-wise. So if you wanted to make the decision to say, hey, we're going to keep Richie Martin and we're going to play him four or five times, um then then go for it um or you could you know choose to play him every day in the minors i guess you know and you're right josh like it's hard to know how does michael Elias view richie martin does he view him best case scenario as as a utility guy in the majors or does he view them as a future everyday shortstop when we win the world series in 2023 right i don't know how he views richie martin like that because remember we were just talking about rule five guys don't really work out Yet yeah, here we are talking about Richie Martin, who was a Rule 5 guy, and we just talked about Santander, which was a Rule 5 guy, or Dare, Santander, now, yeah. as a Rule 5 guy. Yeah, and Santander, he's looking like uh, one of the best Rule 5 guys we've gotten in a long time. Yeah. So hopefully he can continue to, to be successful. All right. So um, with all these new names going around, we talked about uh, how we should do a guess who version of the Orioles. And we talked about that at the when there was like a whole bunch of names that we didn't know getting into camp. And sure. I, I, I tried to think through that, and it's guess who is like based on pictures and faces, and all, and you describe the the facial features. So that's hard to do on a podcast. But what it I want to do next week is I want to play a game called Who Am I? Okay. And here's how it works: we each okay. choose like five or six players who are currently at spring training camp at the major league spring training at camp the major the league spring training camp for the Orioles okay and then you pull a few sentences from their Wikipedia if they have one or their uh, whatever you just pull up some stats about whatever them, bio I could find and we and yeah. we quiz each other so for instance here's one uh, 
we're gonna do one one as an example try it once with you and i think this will work well and we will do this next week okay i'm wholly unprepared for this okay uh, that, the ahead. whole point is to be unprepared all right okay this guy is an american professional baseball player in the baltimore that orioles organization narrows it down okay he made his major league debut on June 6, 2012, with the Detroit Tigers. He has also played for the Rangers, the Red Sox, and the Marlins. He played at Texas Christian University, which is where he won the Johnny Bench Award. He won the Johnny Bench Award? He won the Johnny Bench Award. What's the list of teams again? The... Tigers. Were the Cubs on there? Debut with the Tigers. He also played for the Rangers, the Red Sox, and the Marlins. Hmm. So, I was going to say Brian Holiday. Is it him? It's him. You got it. Good job. Okay. You got it on the first try. Well, the the Johnny Bench Award narrowed, narrowed it down, down to, to catchers. Catcher. Yes. And there's not, not that many catchers on the Orioles. Yes. Um, And I know, yeah, and and this he is a practice round. That's why I gave you the Johnny Bench Award. Yeah. It, that it, was, it, it, yeah. If not, we would have I would not have gotten it without the Johnny Bench Award. I'm surprised you got it with the Johnny Bench Award. And it was also, the key was the 2012, we're talking about a veteran. There's not very yes. many veterans on the team either. Right. So it's the veteran plus the catcher, Holiday. So that's our new edition of... Props uh, to me. So that's going to be our time of Birch game time. But it's going to be a Who Am I for next week. So do a little prep who work. I'll do a little prep work. Uh, All right. Maybe I'll see. What if we pick the same guys though? What that'd be awkward if we had the same clues. Then uh, I don't know. But but there's no. There's only it's only a two man show. So unless uh, Bert gets on board and wants to come in with with some prep, then uh, pick six so that if you if we overlap we overlap. All right. Sounds good. Anything else before we get out of here? Yeah, I just want to give a quick shout out to my Liberty Flames, who won the Atlantic Sun. We're going back to the tournament, baby. And you know, I'll do my an- hey. annual reading of the bracket later when the brackets come out. Is that but next, just next know, week, right? Is weeks? it next week or two weeks? I yeah, it might be next the end of next week. I don't know. Um, it's a Sunday, so is it this Sunday. No, it's not this Sunday. So the That's next Sunday. Yeah. Um, but. Spoiler alert, I will have Liberty upsetting someone in the first round. I mean, Liberty has some seniors. They, they, they had pulled an upset last year with a bunch of juniors and sophomores. This year, they got the, the seniors going on. So I, I got a good feeling about Liberty Flames. I'm not saying Sweet 16, but we're definitely getting past round one um, What's in the, the tournament. Chance they get lined up with Maryland round one. Yeah, I would, I would hate that because they'll beat Maryland. If they're lined <laughs> up against Maryland round one. They I will mean, beat Maryland, put it in the books. I mean, I'll, the way Maryland's go, been playing, it's it's hit or miss, and it's I'm always getting, a gamble. I'll get, if, if Liberty plays Maryland the first round, which is, seeding-wise, it's it's possible. Because um, I could see Liberty as high as like a 12th seed. They're probably more like, like a 13th seed. Right, and what's Maryland um, supposed to be, like a third? Yeah, they've been three or four. It depends on how they do in the Big Ten tor- tournament. But I will get back into the betting game. I'll become a better again, and I'll, and I'll put all my money on Liberty. All of my money on Liberty. All right. Like um, 10 bucks. All <laughs> right. Uh, next week, I want to talk about uh, tech and baseball again. No need to get into it this week. 
But uh, after all of our cries of let's get tech out of baseball after the Astros, it sounds like baseball is looking to add more tech to stop yeah. cheating. A classic, a classic a slippery slope here. Fight tech with more tech. Right. Exactly. Yeah. All right, boys and girls. Thanks for listening. Make sure you check us out on things like Twitter. You can follow us on Twitter at Section 36 Show. You'll know us by our cool profile pic. Shout out <laughs> yeah. to uh, Clubhouse Art for doing that work for yeah, us. Yeah, our amazing artwork. Yeah. yeah. No one else has any art like ours. Well, some people do. Uh, but but that's what's, okay. What's that's the, okay. What's the phrase? That's okay. Flattery? Yeah. Yeah. But hey, Fine hey. Um, I'm not saying that, that, that our artwork idea was stolen, but if they start on that podcast talking about the Orioles and Chris Davis, I'm going to be saying, hey, wait a minute, that's our shtick. We talk about the Orioles and Chris Davis. So if they start to, uh, to copy our... And Josh, you might want to check to make sure they're not doing a game time on their next podcast where they look up Wikipedia entries of, uh, of players. You might want to check that out. List for that one. Hey, it's... Uh, lots coming You always... You always got to watch your back in this podcast game. Right. If you, when, when, when you're the king, everyone's trying to come knock you down. Uh, let's just remember uh, but, the but you come at the took out. If you come, yeah, that's right. Because if you come at the king, you best not miss. That's all I'm saying. Uh, right. Go ahead on iTunes. Maybe we'll have a former Oriole Spastic on the show in the coming weeks to kind of warn people what happens if you come after us. <laughs> oh, yeah. We had, we had some good beef back in the day. Yeah. Um, remember they did a whole show copying us yeah all the they, segments they and everything entire show not just a picture yeah. an entire show we've kind of gave up on segments yeah we kind of gave up on segments um they that show had some that though they they did it uh, they did our show better than we did our show and so that was kind of embarrassing i still remember their story time i don't remember any birth story times i remember their story time about is, that van <laughs> their story time is the best story time ever <laughs> Yeah. yeah. I, we should get Charlie Hoppus in here just to do the story time segment. You know, that it's, no it's longer been does. many years. I'm going to get Charlie on here, specifically ask him to share the van story. Because I yeah. want, we've got more listeners. Our listenership, it's exciting to see our numbers go up as we get closer to baseball season. So thank you for joining us. Yeah. And, uh, we're here us. for all your Orioles talk. Now's the time to get on board while the Orioles are, especially next week, where you're going to get to know some of these guys that you've never heard of. Yeah, but, ab- yeah. absolutely. All right, go to iTunes and write us a review before the song runs out. Yeah. Oh, there it is. Yeah, you can it follow always me. happens. It's good. It's me. good if we talk past the song. It means good content. Absolutely. You can follow me on Twitter at Section336. Maybe I'll start tweeting again. I've been out of the tweeting game for a little bit. And you follow Josh on Twitter. At Josh Soroka. Thanks for listening, boys and girls. And as always, go O's. Thank you for listening to the Section 336 podcast. Please go to iTunes and Facebook for all complaints or the occasional compliment. If I were you, I would not take any baseball advice from these guys. Josh and Matt were raised by an Orioles-obsessed father, and Bert, uh, well, Bert fell in love with Don Mattingly. He has a thing for mustaches. Hey, guys. Have you checked out 336 Daily? Did you know that sometimes, in fact, pretty often, I've been recording it in my car while driving to different job sites? That's how easy Anchor is to make podcasts. With Anchor, you can record your podcast and edit your podcast and upload your podcast all in the Anchor app. And then it makes sure it goes out to iTunes and Spotify and wherever you need to put it. 
It, they take care of everything distribution. They help you with advertising and getting in commercials. Check out the Anchor app. Go to the App Store and download the Anchor app for free or go to anchor.fm to check it out. Birdland Sports. For fans, by fans. Find more great shows like this at birdlandsports.com.